Today, this may seem a little unusual to you. I don't know. But just a thank you. A couple of weeks ago, I had the opportunity to, uh, you know, uh, you've celebrated with us a number of years in the ministry. And they asked me to preach, and which I, I did. And, um, but I never did quite finish it. And I just uh, felt this morning that I would like to uh, not just continue, but to preach that over. I said, well, don't you have any other sermons beside that? Well, I'm not bragging, but been in the ministry 70 years, and uh, we preached between 150 and 200 times a year. So I have about 35 volumes of them. Thank you. So, but I'm not drawing, I'm not, um, so I'm not reaching around for uh, something to, to say, because I've always felt that God has people there that uh, need to hear something from the Word of God that might encourage them, might give them new faith, new hope. And so that's the, the Word of God which we preach. I had the privilege, uh, as uh, your pastor was away, and uh, to uh, <laughs> try to fill his shoes, but I was a little busy. I goodness, had two Bible studies and the, a wedding practice, a wedding, and now today. So I don't know what else it does during the week. That's enough for me. So here we are. The message we had a couple of weeks ago was from the book of Genesis, chapter 41, and it was concerning Joseph. And we read in the 41st chapter, verse 50, uh, if you can get that on the screen. If not, I'll just read it anyhow. And to Joseph were born two sons before the years of famine came, <clears throat> whom Asenath, the daughter of, of Potiphar, priest of On, bore to him. Joseph called the name of the firstborn Manasseh, for God has made me forget all my toil and all my father's house. And the name of the second he called Ephraim, for God has called me, has caused me or made me fruitful in the land of my affliction. Can we pray? Heavenly Father, thank you today for this beautiful day that we have. Thank you for the freedom that we enjoy here living in America. And God, we just thank you for all your blessings that you've showered upon our life. And we do need your help, Lord, because without you, without your Holy Spirit, the Word can become just another letter, printer's ink. But we know when you touch it and you touch your servant and you touch your people, that this can be a day of great victory and praise and honor and glory to you. And that's what we want. And we'll give you praise for it in Jesus' name. Amen. Praise God. The story of Joseph is one of the most fascinating stories in all the Bible. I uh, reread it, or most of it, yesterday again. I, re I read it every once in a while. It covers a few chapters. It's the story of a man who was uh, a favorite of his dad, and his dad loved him and uh, done special things for him, gave him a coat, beautiful sport coat of many colors, and I, I don't know if it looked like Dolly Parton's coat or not, the one she sings about, but at least it, uh, it was good, and uh, it was so good that he was envied by his brothers. To top it off, Joseph had a couple of uh, dreams, and in this dream, basically, what he saw was... Uh, some grain and sheaves and so forth, and they um, were in the field, and then they rose up and 
bowed down to this one sheep. And uh, then he saw, had another dream, of, uh, you know, and so forth. And, he inter and boy, when they heard those things, they said, hey, boy, look, who does this guy think he is? That someday that we're supposed to bow down to him. And he's, it's bad enough he's dad's favorite, but now he's come to the place that's really gone to his head. He thinks someday we're going to bow down to him. Well, he's mistaken. Long story, well, fast forward, um, he's, his father sent him with some food to his brothers who are tending sheep in the, in the desert. And as he went to Shechem, he discovered they weren't there. Could have gone home, but he was a good man right from the start. And he went to Dothan, found his brothers, and instead of a warm welcome, they conspired to kill him. And it wasn't for um, Reuben, they would have. But they cast him into a pit, and they said, well, let him just, there's no water there, there's no food there, he'll be gone in a few days anyhow. But in the meantime, Judah intervened, and, and uh, there was some Ishmaelite, uh, traders on their way to Egypt, and you know the story. They sold him for 20 pieces of silver. He went to Egypt on the slave block. He was bought by um, uh, uh, a Potiphar, a, one of the chief of the guard of uh, the Pharaoh, and uh, taken to the house. And the story, it, it's, it's magic to it. You know, he was seduced in the... Uh, Potiphar's house, but he refused, he ran, and she lied about him, cast him into prison. If you don't think I can cover history in a hurry, just hang on to your seat, okay? They put him in prison, and, uh, you know, he, uh, somebody said there were some men in prison. They looked through the bars, and all they saw was mud. But Joseph looked through the bars, and he saw stars. And so there's a recurring phrase about Joseph, and simply was this, and the Lord was with him. Let me tell you something. That's all you need. That's what you want to hear. God is with us. And God, Emmanuel, God is with his people, and he's here today. And I hope what I say to you, what God allows me to say, will be a ministry to you and will help you in your walk with God. Because we, we will probably touch something that's very, very sensitive to all of us. For uh, we are all born in sin, shaped in iniquity. We've got things in our life and in the past that the grace of God covers it, that's for sure. But Satan uses some of the things that have happened to us, some of the guilt, some of the shame, some of the disappointments, misfortunes of life. He uses those things and he keeps resurrecting them before us. You know where I'm going? You say, what's so bad about that? I'll tell you what's bad about it. If you allow the enemy of your soul to keep resurrecting the past, you'll be chained to it. You'll be chained to it. And what do I mean by that? You'll only go so far, and that thought will come, and then the words will filter into your head like this. You'll never amount to much. You might think you're a Christian, but you're just a second-class one if you really were one anyhow, because you have too many, much in your past, too many things that you uh, did while you were in sin, and you had a great opportunities to be something, to be somebody, to be a real Christian, but you, you m messed it all up, and you tried a little bit, but really wasn't a trial 
well. And so forget about it. Yeah, you can go to church and so forth, but never, never be like some other people that I see. Let me tell you something. Some of the other people that you see struggle with the very same things that you struggle with. Hello? Okay. We go with the, well, here we go. And Joseph was enabled by the Lord to forget the bad days, days back home, days when he was delivered to the Ishmaelites. And all of us have had some bad days, right? Some disappointing times. I know in, in our life, my wife is here, God bless her. What a help in ministry without her. I don't know where I'd be, probably on the dump someplace. I don't know. But God has been good to us all of these years. And I just was thinking as, uh, I know, that um, when he asked us to preach, my mind kind of went back to former days. And, you know, this preacher had come. He's a good one, real good. He has a great ministry. You love it. When he, when he gets here, far, far superior to me. But anyhow, I remember I was only in my 20s, and he was laying in a crib. And I told him that last time. I said, you know, Ted, I didn't see you since in, in person. I'll see you on TV. But I didn't see you in person until way back there in Tazewell, Virginia. Way back there. And you were just a baby. And your mother was pregnant looking for the second son. So that's a long, long time ago. But he, it, they talked to him about he might retire. I said, how can you retire? Goodness gracious, you're just getting started. You're just a kid, you know. Well, you feel like you can feel that way because of the goodness of God. But Joseph had the bad days. There's some bad deeds when you're betrayed by your own family. And I have seen that. I've seen Bibles thrown out of the house. People kicked out of the house because they found Jesus. That's the honest truth. Where was that? Right here in Peckville, Pennsylvania. Right here. Right here. Eggs and tomatoes and all kinds of things. There have been some bad deeds in the past. And some of us have been there, come out, survived somehow. But, you know, there's some uh, bad debts, too. Uh, do you ever hear people say, I hope you never said it. If you did, I hope you lose it before the service is over. Do you ever hear anybody say, boy, my day is coming. I'm going to get even with that person. No one ever said that? I don't even want to look because some of you already have your heads bowed. Someday... Turning life's road. I'm going to meet that person, and this time it's going to be different. They're going to hear something they never heard before. I'm going to do something that they never thought was possible. Bad days, bad deeds, and bad debts. But let me tell you something. If you want to be what God wants you to be, you've got to allow the Holy Spirit to work in your life. And like Joseph, he really had it. He said, God made me forget. Whew. Wow. How can that be? How can it be? Joseph, he could have been one of these people that said and was embittered by the past. He could have said, if it hadn't happened to me, if I hadn't told the dream to my brothers, if I hadn't gone to Dothan, if I hadn't gone to Egypt to the slave box, uh, 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 if I had only 
they told the truth about me. I wouldn't have been in prison if it hadn't happened. And, if it, oh, and it goes on and on. I believe Satan must have thrown that at his mind. But somehow, God's power is more than equal to the onslaughts of the devil. It really is. God can give us a spiritual mind, can cancel our yesterdays by the blood of Jesus. He'll give us reason, give us a hope for living this life as a Christian. That's our God. Can you say amen? <laughs> Praise God. Praise God. <clears throat> if God only had remembered... But the Bible says God remembered. <laughs> they forgot him, but not God. You may feel that you are forgotten by a lot of people, and sometimes it gets so bad that we think that even God's forgotten us. He hasn't forgotten you. He that has begun a good work, the Bible says, he'll, he'll accomplish and complete that work. Amen? God doesn't quit on you. There are people who quit on God, but he doesn't quit on them. Not on your life. Possibly you heard about it. I heard it from a man who was working in a mission in, in uh, Los Angeles. And it's tough. It's tough work. Thank God for those who minister here in missions. It's not easy. A lot of alcohol and so forth. People stagger in, stagger out of the missions. There doesn't seem to be much of a change. But this man was the head of it, and there was a man, and he kept coming to the altar and back and forth. Then he was out drunk again. Then he was back. One day, he seemingly, he met God, and they really believe he did. And he was doing so well. And it was a period of months, you know, they would see him on the street, and he looked good. But one day, the preacher was walking down the street, and here he comes. You know, I'm not making fun of anybody, but I'll tell you right now, when you're drunk, you're not in your right mind at all. And it's hard to find a straight line. No wonder you can. One man told me, he said, when you're drunk, he said, you're trying to steer a car, and the thing goes too far, and you yank it back, and no wonder you're all over the place. This guy was taking up the whole sidewalk, and he said, the preacher said, I walked up to him and said, listen to me, buddy. I've had it with you. As far as I'm concerned, you can go right straight to hell. I'm through with you. You say that. I'm telling you sometimes you don't tell me you haven't felt like saying that to some people. Had it here. So anyhow, I didn't see him for a while. The man went away to, to Mexico, came back, and thought he'd visit the mission. Listen to this. Who's in charge? Who's there? The very man that I quit on. But God never did. Amen. We quit on people sometimes because we've had it. It's discouraging. But God never quits. That's why we can't give up without praying, right? Okay. The Bible tells us that in Psalm 105, 17, he sent a man before them, even Joseph. He was sold as a servant whose feet they laid with fetters. He was laid in iron until the time that his word came, the word of the Lord tried him. Amen. Have you ever felt like that? 
Has a life ever treated you in such a way that you felt that you were just a prisoner? To others, it might have looked like you were a prisoner of the unimportant, but as far as you're concerned, it was one terrible, terrible time. A time of heartbreak, maybe. Somebody walked out. Time of disappointment with teenagers and children. Time when you lost your job. A time when friendships you had for a long time were broken and people gave up on you. All kinds of things that made it a bad time. And you felt like you were now a prisoner. Here you are, locked into a situation, and you can't get out. Well, Joseph was there. He was laid in iron. But the Bible says his word came one day. Amen. We're going to talk about that just a little bit later. God specializes, you know. The book of Isaiah chapter 61 tells us that he gives the oil of joy for mourning. He gives the garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Beauty for ashes. Planning of the Lord that he might be glorified. That's our God. That's what he does. Amen. So you're, you may feel like you have a misspent life. You may feel that life has not treated you fair and other people haven't. And you haven't been good to yourself. And all of these things. But remember one thing. God is a specialist in giving you happiness, joy for mourning, garment of praise for the spirit of heaviness. Calls you the planting of the Lord. What does that mean? Well, it means something like this. Blessed is the man that walketh not in the counsel of the ungodly, nor standeth in the way of sinners, nor sitteth in the seat of the scornful. But his delight is in the law of the Lord. And in his law doth he meditate day and night. And he shall be like a tree planted by the rivers of water, bringeth forth fruit in his season. And his leaf shall not wither, and whatsoever he doeth shall prosper. Not a bad deal to be a Christian, right? To walk in the delivering power of God. Amen. But dealing with the past, we don't want to forget that. We have to break. And when you do, there's no, there's no telling here on earth what you might become for God if you break with your yesterdays. You say, well, I can't. I, somehow I got to hold on to it. Can I tell you a little story quick? Well, you preacher, you got a lot of them. People tell me that. You live as long as I do. You have a lot, you know. You run it all kind of some good, bad, and good, bad, and ugly. But Corey Ten Boom from, uh, she had a book and movie, I guess, called The Hiding Place. But she tells uh, the story of being in a concentration camp with her sister I think it was Betsy and uh, they were taken to the gas chambers and stripped and they stood naked there and the men jeered and mocked and scorned them they were humiliated and I believe that was the day that uh, Betsy died in the gas chamber somehow Corey was rescued well whatever it was the hand of God I'm sure to Saved her from that particular situation. And so the war ended and she was preaching, teaching in Munich, Germany. And she looked down at the congregation and lo and behold, there was the former SS trooper sitting in the congregation. In the past began to, you know, canvas of, re of recollection. 
just begin to paint that picture again of the gas chambers and all of the horrors of that Holocaust. And after she had finished, he walked up to her, he extended the hand, and he said, I want to shake your hand, Corey. I was that man, gee, I know. She said, I couldn't get my hand out. I couldn't move it. As a matter of fact, she said, when I looked at him, I was so angry to think that he, you know, what he did, I just couldn't get over it. Forgiveness was just not part of, of me. So she couldn't get her hand out. She said, I prayed a prayer. God, I don't have it in me to forgive him, but you forgave him long ago on the cross, and he accepted that. Now, God, let your forgiveness flow through me to him. And she said, from my shoulder, I felt something, and it's, as I moved my hand out to grab his, that power, that presence, that forgiveness from God came out of my hand. I grabbed him, and I recognized that here is a soul for whom Christ died, and he's redeemed. He's my brother. Wow. That's God's forgiveness. Maybe you can't forgive. Maybe you can't forget. And we never will forget things entirely. But I'll tell you, God will put them in a place where they don't affect you anymore. Amen. They don't drive you anymore. They're there, sure, but they don't have any power. That power has been broken because of Calvary and the blood of Jesus. God caused me to forget. Whoa, what a Savior. Amen. Hallelujah. Wow. Maybe you say that's different with me. I'm here. Man, I see these happy people singing songs. I can't, I don't feel like singing. I don't feel much anything, but everybody else around here seems to be happy. I can't because I'm chained to yesterday. Friend, God will break that thing. He can. It doesn't have to be a first mortgage on your present or on your future. God can take care of that thing, right? Amen. Certainly can. We're going into revival meetings, and I thank God for it. Many years ago, we had our first pastorate, and uh, those are different days. I, it, you know, I smile sometimes. God bless the young people. Well, I talked to one back along, and he said he was graduated from Bible college. He said, I'm taking offers. The only offer I <laughs> whoa, you know what kind of offer they used to offer us? The churches didn't have staffs. You did it all. Whether you could sing or not, you led the music. They wouldn't let you play, though. I, I knew they knew better than that. Anyhow, they may let you do it all. But here's a church split in so many different directions. You couldn't count the splinters, but um, nobody else wanted it, I guess. So well, we felt to go there, and um, he prayed. I remember praying in, in a room so cold. I don't know. <laughs> I think if you had any water to drink, it probably froze before you got through. But prayed and prayed, and nothing happened for a while. And all of a sudden, one Sunday night, three girls came uh, to find the, find the Lord. And boy, did it start. The floodgates opened. Every single service we had, there were people saved, filled with the Holy Spirit. And there were so many saved. 
I say that not to brag because only God did it. No one else could do it. A lot of people have been there. It happened to be good time. God broke through. And uh, we had every person but one in the eighth grade saved. How about that? I'd like to see that in Valley View here or Lake Glen or wherever you're at. Every single one but one. And they were of a different faith. And same number had the baptism. So when the smoke had cleared, 50 or 60 people saved and filled with the Holy Spirit. Now the church was on the rails, moving forward for the glory of God. Amen. So God can take the failures of churches or people. He can send revival, but got to get it in our head that the days of revival are over. People have said enough about that, and our, our world is going to hell in a handbrake. We know all of that, but God is still God. He's still on the throne. Amen. Hallelujah. Amen. Wow, God is able, 2 Corinthians 9, 8, God is able to make all grace abound toward you, that ye always having all sufficiency in all things may abound to every good work. Amen. We have a hope. You know what it is? Hebrews 6, 18, that by two immutable things in which it was impossible for God to lie. Get a hold of that. We might have a strong consolation who have fled for refuge to lay hold upon the hope set before us. Listen to this. Which hope we have as an anchor of the soul, sure and steadfast, and entereth with that within the veil. Whether the forerunner for us has entered, even Jesus made a high priest forever. Praise God. The hope is anchored. You have a hope down here. Don't hope in the past. Don't hope in the present. And you do have a glorious hope for the future, but we can't go back to yesterday. Neither does God want us to go back. Today is a day of salvation. Today is a day of revival. The path of the just is a shining light to shine more and more, brighter and brighter, like these LED bulbs that we have now, where you can look at it and see all the, all their beauty marks, I guess, not blemishes, but they're there, you know, whatever they are, okay? That's our God. He made me forget. Now the other part of it is this. He made me forget all of that. Guilt, shame, whatever it happened to be, all my failures and all the disappointments and things that have happened. He made me forget, but he named the other son Ephraim. The reason, he said, God has made me to be fruitful in the land of my affliction. Isn't this the gospel? Isn't this our Savior? Amen. He'll take care of you so that you don't have to be chained to yesterday. But not only that, it's better than putting the past aside. He make you, he'll make you fruitful in the midst of your circumstances today. And that's what this message is all about, being fruitful. T.D. Jakes, one of my favorite preachers, says... Position yourself to receive God's blessing, purpose, plan, and provision. Amen. It takes a while sometimes to get that opportunity to see the fulfillment or see the ministry that God has for you and me to it unfold. It takes a while. You say, why, do, why can't you just jump from 
the sports sports car or, or sports coat. Why can't you just jump there to the land of uh, or the place of fruitfulness? It doesn't happen that way because most of us couldn't be trusted with it. You don't think so? Listen, I've seen some people fall into big money in a hurry, and it was the worst thing that ever happened to them. The worst thing. I saw a young man. Now, it doesn't sound like much now, like $75,000. But in those days, when people were making a dollar an hour, there was a lot of money. He fell into that. I don't even want to go to the story. The last I knew, he had very little of it left. He just threw parties, parties, and bought everybody everything and was gone. And here he was a wreck now. You know, it's not good. And I've seen people lose out with God because it went to their head that God blessed them with some kind of super flow of cash. And don't get me wrong. Uh, you know, God will give us what we can handle, that's for sure, and more than we deserve. I know that. But we have to be careful, okay? Okay, the Bible says the king came and loosed him, even the ruler of the people, and let him go free. He made him lord of his house, the ruler of all his substance, and to bind his princes at his pleasure and teach his senators wisdom. Maybe that verse could be, be used here today. That wouldn't be bad, would it? You say, who are you picking on now, the Democrats or the Republicans? I might just lump them all together. Maybe, maybe they could learn something, okay? All right, that's enough of that. Go to, go to the polls, so make sure you, you get there. Don't fail God and your country. Okay. Taste and see that the Lord is, is good. Joseph was exalted. I mean to tell you. I don't know how to describe it. A chariot, you know, in those days were driven by horses. But if it happened today, uh, they exalt because Pharaoh had this dream. Nobody could interpret it. And somebody said, there's a guy in prison. I forgot all about him, but he interpreted. They brought him out. He interpreted uh, uh, Pharaoh's dream. He said, you know, he saw these uh, sheaves, and they withered or devoured. And, you know, the cattle came and devoured the good ones. He didn't know what it was all about. They asked Joseph and said, this is what's going to happen. There's going to be seven years of plenty here in Egypt. I mean, it's going to be good. And then following this, there's going to be seven years of famine. So this is what ought to be done. Gather up all of the food, the seed, everything you can gather up and store it because the evil times are coming. Boy, that satisfied Pharaoh. They said, who, can be, who's better, who could be better at this job than this guy? Okay, this is what he done. Took the ring off his finger. You have the authority over all this land. I'm the only one in the throne that could be above you, but you've got authority over everything. The ring of authority. He's put a gold chain around his neck. He used to have, you know, the old iron, laid in iron, but now it's a gold chain. He's going to ride in the chariot right behind me. Now, if he's living today, you know what it would be? It would not be. You know, if you have a Volkswagen, don't misunderstand me, but I remember when they first came out, it looked like a bug to me. I said, where's that thing coming from? But it wasn't a, it wasn't a Volkswagen. It happened today, it'd be a Rolls Royce, you know. God exalted this guy from nothing to the highest. Wow, who can do that? 
Only God can do that. God takes people that may feel like they're the lowest of the low, and he touches their spirit, he touches their life, and exalts them. I'm not saying he's going to give you a Rolls Royce, but he does give you the ring of authority. He said, my power I give to you. All power in heaven and earth is given to me. I give it to you. As the Father sent me, so send I you. It's yours. The gold divinity, you know, the garments, the linen garments, the robe of righteousness, the robe of salvation, the gospel shoes, the whole outfit. We ride in style because we belong to God. Amen. To be fruitful in the land of affliction. What did Joseph do? Now he gathered up all of his crops and so forth, and he put them in storehouses, okay? Put them in the storehouses. And the famine came. Boy, people got hungry. But there was not, you could sow the seed, but nothing would grow. Just like Joseph said. And they, and they came to Pharaoh. What are we going to do? We're going to starve them? He said, go to Joseph. Go to Joseph. Yeah, the man that they used to be a slave, but now he's prime minister here in the kingdom. Wow. He'll tell you what. And the Bible says... The famine was over all the face of the earth, and Joseph opened up all the storehouses and sold to the Egyptian. And the famine became severe in the land of Egypt, so all countries came to Joseph in Egypt to buy grain because the famine was severe in all lands. What's that mean to us? There's a famine. The Bible tells us in Amos chapter 8 and verse 11, the time will come when there's a famine, not of bread or water, but of hearing the words of God. Let me tell you something. There's a lot of voices out there, and so much so that I told my wife that one program, please don't turn it on till quarter after seven, till they get done bashing the president every single day. I mean, it's mess out there. That's for sure. So what's it like? What is our country like? I'll tell you, I go to the scripture for this, but in the book of Samuel, there was a man by the name of Absalom, and he had, uh, <laughs> I'm not going to enlarge his sin, but he had sinned terrible, killed some of the king's sons and ran for his life. David sent for him, he brought him back, but he didn't see Absalom had to stay in, by himself in a place. And Absalom would ask Joab, who lived nearby, if he couldn't speak a word to the king. You know what it's all about. Maybe I can get an audience of my dad. If someone will just be a mediator, get there. Joab had no interest in Absalom. He had one interest, and that was David's kingdom. That's what all he really cared about. He didn't give a hoot, if I can use that word, about anything else. So he wouldn't do it. So Absalom devised a plan. This is what he did. He told his men to go set fire to Joab's field. Maybe I'll get his attention then. And they did. Joab came and he said, why did you do this to me? Why did you have your servants set the fields on fire? He said, I couldn't get your attention any other way, so I set your fields on fire. 
Let me tell you something. God owns it all. The cattle on a thousand hills, he can do what he wants to do. Don't tell God what he can do and can't do. Silver and gold, it says everything belongs to him. It was wrong for Absalom to burn those fields, but sometimes God allows nations and people's fields to burn to get their attention. Do you think this virus thing that has hit this planet here just happened to be? Did God send it? I didn't say God sent it, but I'll tell you one thing. God can use crisis to get the attention of people. Amen. And I see people turning to God and for God in ways that I haven't seen before. We had a wedding the other day, and a lady came afterwards, and uh, she was broken and crying. She said, and I just said a little bit about the gospel. You can't always preach a big, long sermon at, at a wedding, but you can you know, certainly get the gospel in there, you know, which we did. And she said, you know, you helped me so much today. I lost my faith. I lost my way. I haven't been to church for some time, but, boy, I feel like my faith has come back to me. And then she told me about all the disappointments and things, and I thought to myself, you know, your fields are on fire. Thank God you woke up. I hope America wakes up. I hope, I hope, oh, do I hope that. Wow. Yeah, lots of things happen. A lot of things happen in Joseph's life. You know, the, the brothers came. The dad came. Jacob was the man who, when he thought Joseph was dead, he said, I'll go down to my grave mourning. He said once again, one other time, all these things are against me. But what he didn't know, God was behind the scene. Joseph was still alive. God was still working this whole thing together. It seemed like a disaster. But because Jacob couldn't let go of the past, his own words, I'll go down to my grave like this. I don't know if you're here this morning like that. Maybe you felt that your situation, you've been so long in it that you don't know if you could be comfortable out of it. But let me tell you, friend, God can cause you to forget. He can neutralize the past so that you're able to go on. I tell you this little humorous note that happened to me a number of years ago. I know sometimes our hearts are heavy, but it doesn't hurt to smile. A lady wrote me a letter years ago. Of course, it wasn't, hello, pastor, how great you are. It wasn't, didn't begin like that. Didn't end that way either. And in between, it was, oh, yeah, the floor is getting farther away, Heather, all the time. Thank you. Thank you. Yeah, the, the ending of it wasn't much better than the beginning, or in the middle was, was worse, I guess. Uh, I said a lot of things. I don't even want to tell you because she didn't really think I was the best pastor in Lackawanna County. I know that. No name, of course. Boy, did I hate that. Oh, gosh. If, you, if you're one of these people send out letters, no name, God help you. God forgive you. Maybe he will. But you've got to ask forgiveness and don't do it. 
I kept that letter and put it in the desk. And I don't know. I look back at it, and I think it was a devil would tell me everyone. So I'll get that out and read it again. I'd read that and get mad all over again. <laughs> you say, pastors get mad. Oh, I don't want to tell you what I do. Uh, but I didn't like it. I put that thing away. I done that several times, and every single time I had the same response, the same reaction. Who? What? I didn't call him a snake, but, you know, I, it wasn't, wasn't, wasn't good whatever I said, I know. Who would do that? I don't deserve that. I probably deserved it. I don't know. But anyhow, one day I put that thing out. I'm all ready to read it, and I ever heard God's voice. I heard it, this to me. How much longer are you going to allow that letter to torment you? Wow. I took that thing, tore it in half, and guess what? I can laugh about it today. <laughs> what a fool. What a what foolishness. Crazy. Of course, everybody doesn't like you. Everybody doesn't think you're Mr. Wonderful. If you've got that kind of circle of people that somebody's missing, God, the devil will put one of them in there. Everybody thinks you're wonderful. <laughs> it's just not the way it is. But God made me forget that. And here we are today. I hope these words are a blessing to you. And if you've got yesterdays that, that have you chained and you can't seem to rise or get over it, get ahead. I ask, we're going to pray in a moment. I'm going to ask God to break all of these chains so you can become fruitful in this land. Okay, this would be a great day, you know, to give it to Jesus, right? Let him cancel your yesterdays, really. You say, well, I'm saved. I know you're saved, but Satan has a way of trying to resurrect the old past to us. I know what I'm talking about. I've talked to people, um, a lot of people over the years, and let me tell you something. Some people have never relinquished something that happened years ago. Still hold it. And sometimes they hold it against people who are dead. Where are you going? Where are you going to the cemetery to resurrect? You can't. It's over. It's under the blood of Jesus. Reckon that. Count it as gone forever. God helped you do it, right? Amen. Let's pray, shall we? Wow, what a powerful message. Thank you so much for inviting us into your home, and we would love to hear from you. You can find us on social media at Peckville Assembly of God, and you can let us know how these broadcasts have helped you. We will see you next time, and one more thing. We love you, God loves you, and may God's richest blessing be yours.